Hello and welcome to Society Owes Me a Gen X podcast. That one where Lily and Hannah go A to X through grunge, indie, alt, rock, pop, movies, soundtracks, TV and general generation Catalano goodness. Hello Lily, how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you doing? Very well, thanks. Yeah, excited for K. <laughs> are you? Because... Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I... Um, obviously we talked... Well, I specifically talked about Mr. Kravitz back in um, volume two, I think. Uh, and it was a mixed bag. It was with Kraftwerk and uh, we did Killing in the Name of and, um, and yeah, Lenny Kravitz. So I, I had a quick little listen just to kind of... Frankly, I educated myself because there were things that I apparently knew last year that uh, <laughs> I did not find on my recap on this one. So I'm basically, what I'm doing is I'm taking it up where we kind of left off there was a lot of autobiographical info about about Lenny and um and the early the early years so like let love rule and I played a couple of tracks from Mama said and you were not impressed (laughs) (laughs) I do find that as well though with these uh it's like cramming for GCSE exams I think (laughs) like just you know spend a couple of days just running all that info in exams done completely forget it all yeah, I have to say, I was like, really, is that right? I didn't, I didn't even see that. And I feel like I've researched fairly extensively. Um, well, I don't know, you can be the judge of that. But I, I apparently knew things then that I, I actually didn't see this time around. But so anyway. If anyone wants to check that out, they exactly. can go to K in volume one, right? I think it's volume two, or it could be volume one. I don't know. Go on Apple or Spotify, you know, they've got a lovely... If you want to know, lovely list. list. <laughs> no. <laughs> The old, the old fashioned way. Yeah, do it yourself. Yeah, we need another t-shirt. Probably. Um, so yeah, as I said, we uh, left off in um, Mama Said Land that came out in 1991. And I'll just recap that it was a very raw album for Lenny. It was written at the time that his relationship with Lisa Bonet was ending, mother, um, mother of his daughter Zoe, obviously. Um, and it had been going back and forth between them for a long time, but they always managed to work things out, which is a lyric, and he really thought that it wasn't really going to be the end of everything, because um, obviously they had a two-year-old, so... But that isn't how it worked out. Anyway, um, his mother, I believe, as well, had been diagnosed with, I think, breast cancer. Um, and he was just... He was a fairly young guy himself. Um, he was sort of mid-twenties, so he was still getting to grips with using his real name, because if you recall... Or you may not recall. I can't remember. I did I not recall. Lenny Kravitz. He was going by the name Romeo Blue. Mm. Because to his ear, Lenny Kravitz was like the least rock and roll name he could ever think of. It's like okay. this old white guy, old white Jewish or Jewish guy's name. And it didn't sound like a kind of, you know, kick-ass rocker fella with big dreads and, and, a, and a big penchant for 60s music and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that and open shirts and all the rest of it I'm not sure Romeo Blue does to be honest well apparently he was dubbed Romeo he had loads of kind of jobs like I think he sold shoes and in record stores and stuff and the people who he worked with were like oh but you know you're you're such a Romeo so he decided to pick that up anyway um it was also a response to the fact that when he was trying to get a deal or trying to get noticed, everyone said, well, you don't, you know, you're not black enough or white enough uh-huh. in either direction. So it's not going to work. They just didn't know how to, what to label him. And as we know, like record companies can be so short sighted in that way. It's like, well, we don't have a category for you. So therefore we can't take you. It's not. Yeah. 
It's not thinking ahead and thinking, hey, maybe this guy is something a bit different and we can actually capitalise on that. But I think they're still doing that. It's pretty sad. But anyway. Um, Anyway, 90s. Um, So the world was still fairly racist as fuck when we think about it. And we're going to get into that, actually, in this. It's pretty interesting. Just to even remember that, you know? It was like a time we lived through. But I suppose when it's happening and you think, oh, that's terrible. And then but history it, repeats itself. But it's the way that it is, you know? And you just think, you know, I wish the world wasn't like this. But mm-hmm. then, you know, with that kind of 30-year perspective, looking back, you just think, that's unbelievable that people could get away with that and, and do that stuff. I mean, it's great. But we still got a lot of problems, as we, as we all know very well. Anyway, at the time... A young French chanteuse named Vanessa Paradis. This is oh, topical. <laughs> yeah. uh, she had asked Lenny to produce her new album. Uh-huh. Because prior to that, so remember she had Jola Taxi. Yeah. Um, and she was coming a... back now. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she'd approached Serge Gainsbourg uh, and, and done some work with him. And, uh, you know, he, he, he had that reputation as being this sort of old kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. dude um, with Jane Birkin, who was a very, very young, young girl. And mm-hmm. Vanessa did a little bit of work with him that way as well. Um, but anyway, she said she drove the whole thing. She approached him. And then when she wanted to basically break out into, you know, the world stage, she decided that um, she would need a producer who was really cool. And someone who spoke English, someone who was American or English. So she chose Lenny and he agreed. Um, and then they fell in love. But I, I thought, I'm just going to play you a track very, very briefly from the music that she was doing. This is her album before she met Lenny and okay. she approached Lenny. And this was the kind of the flavor. I mean, she was, I think, 17 when this, this is Tandem. And it's very just... It's fine. Poppy, breathy, mm. you know. Meh, meh, meh. But, I mean, she was super popular in, in France and everything. Uh, and then Lenny agreed. They fell in love. She moved to the States. I think she was 19. He was 27. Oh. They had a torrid love affair for actually quite a long time, about five or six years, I think. But anyway, this is a track. And it's so good to know that he... Basically, he wrote all the tracks, he produced them, he played all the instruments, pretty much. I mean, the, the laundry list of the stuff on the album credits include, I mean, Kravitz, backing vocals, bass guitar, drums, Fender, Rhodes, guitar, harmonica, horn arrangement, Mellotron, sitar, string arrangement, tambourine, vocal arrangement. Whoa. He basically did everything and she just, you know, showed up and looked cute and stuff. But she totally revamped her image, very 60s, smoky eye, uh-huh. you know. This is Natural High. And I loved this. I remember hearing it on the radio and I was like, this is great. I had no idea it was Vanessa Paradis. And then I we played this last time, didn't I we? I know, and I was yeah. mortified. I was so embarrassed of myself, you know. What, you for like Vanessa Paradis? Paradis? Oh. Oh, I, I did feel the shame. Um, because she was so, like, to our mind, I think she was quite Kylie, you know? The very, the sort of diminutive, Cute. super ingenue yeah. type, you know. But she's and, French, so she's cool. Whatever she does. <laughs> I know, I, I, was a, I was a bit ashamed at the time, but I still love this track and I listen to it now, but it's, it's got really good. Let Love Rule, 60s vibes, and it's got Lenny Kravitz written all over it. Yes. I'm, I'm embarrassed that I didn't okay. figure it out. So this album, Vanessa Parody, came out the year after Mama Said. 
And I mean, even the cover, you want to see it, it's that kind of sepia tint in all 60s. It's basically the cover of Mama Said, or 70% of Lenny Kravitz's album covers in the 90s, if not 100% in fact. Anyway. Lenny said back in 2009, I was madly in love with her, but she came at the wrong time. It was through me that she met Johnny Depp. I've never seen her since. She did not come to my concerts. We did not run into each other. Uh, we did not have any more contact, but I can only wish her happy. I'm not worried. I know that one day we will run into each other and it will be time to talk about all of this. How weird though. So was that acrimonious or not? That sounds like just overnight. That's it. Just done. broke off, I guess. No hard feelings. What? Well, apparently I read somewhere that uh, Johnny Depp had been with Kate Moss at a party and he'd seen Vanessa across the room and she saw him and they locked eyes and they had a moment. Of course they did. But then they didn't. She didn't actually meet him till, you know, obviously 1996, where she basically dumped Lenny on his ass and ran off with Johnny Depp. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? Was that no, a good choice? No comment. Anything to Johnny Depp at the moment, no comment. What? <laughs> He's cracking me up. I mean, I just love, the, like, it's so hilarious that that whole case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard is, they're both laughing, you know? They're not even taking it that seriously. So anyone that's like, you know, I think, you know, you, you shouldn't have an opinion because blah, blah, blah. These people don't even take it that seriously. You know, I, I wouldn't know, be surprised, there's... Hannah, if they get back together after this shit oh, because I think the they're whole pissing themselves so laughing. Romantic. I don't know. But they're, they're basically both admitted to like slapping each other around at this point. Yeah, but it's just trivialising some, like, you know, but they're really trivialising it. Yeah, but that makes it really difficult for like, you know, like whether, you know, whatever the truth is, no one's going to you know, ever discover what the truth is. No problem. But, you know, for victims of domestic violence, like, that, you know, that this case has become just, you know, like a comedy show. But that's exactly the point, isn't it? It's very difficult. That's the, that, that's that the point. He has brought this suit against her yeah. for defaming his character and calling yeah. him a wife beater, which is trivialising something. If it isn't true, and that's what he's saying, it's like he's willing to put everything, all his money, his entire reputation, his future as uh, you know, as an actor. Although you could argue he might not have that much left to lose after people have dumped him, mm -hmm. just on the allegation, which is you know, sign of the times, isn't it really? But I, I feel like if somebody accused you of something like that, you would have to do this. You know, if if it wasn't true, you would. Yeah, take but them it could be true. That's the know? thing. Like I don't, I don't know. I think they've both got massive issues, and we're never going to know what the truth is. No, but I mean, just the fact that I think uh, Drew Barrymore got slammed for yes, making on light her of podcast, it, and then she yeah, had to yeah. apologise. And I thought, oh fuck that! They're laughing about it. Why can't you make fun of them? I mean, they're, they're literally laughing about yeah. something that's that's happened, and it's just kind of this game. It's clearly they have some kind of very strange, um, competitive thing between them, yeah. and it's just playing but out in court now. But both, anyway, it's great yeah, entertainment. I, I've I've enjoyed seeing this all go down and, and, and see them like, yeah, just taking the I found the taking first couple the of days entertaining really. and now it's just like, oh, I just feel icky about it all. And It is icky as well, don't get me wrong. I mean, it absolutely 100% is, but I don't know. We shall see. According, and then we still won't know. Well, we'll get back to, we'll get back to Kravitz anyway. <laughs> yes. But according to the sources, um, they did get back in touch because Lenny was there for her when she split up with Johnny Depp in 2012, which I'm sure that conversation involved a lot of, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but it's weird, like Johnny Depp has been in my mouth more in the last couple of weeks than in my entire life, I think. You know, I wasn't like a, a Depp. Oh, no, I was a fan, absolutely was a fan. I was not, not a fan, time. I just, you know, I never had his picture on my wall or anything. Oh, I never went to a movie in. because he was in it. Oh, I absolutely did. No, I was a Slater girl. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, definitely more Christian Slater than... I don't know, what is it about the bad boys, Anna? Well, of course it's even more <laughs> for me. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Mm, of course. Number one. You, you don't have to have just one, you can have several. <laughs> but Johnny Depp was not on my roster. He's not he's not a whole part of mine. <laughs> I mean definitely not now, but <laughs> I'm talking about in the nineties. Um but anyway, speaking of Johnny Depp and the movies and and Gen X things, because Johnny Depp's a, a Gen X Absolutely. god, isn't he? Um so on Monday, this coming Monday, we'll be putting out our first episode of the Gen X movie tournament that we Partook in, along with Gen X mixtape, uh, Grown Up Gen X, and hosted by very lovely and very funny guys over at Project Gen X. Um, so please give it a listen, um, and eventually it will conclude on an episode of Project Gen X with all the pods together whittling down uh, the best Gen X movie, um, which was thoroughly argued. No spoilers, no spoilers. No, no, I won't. but we ourselves got extremely heated in those discussions, did we not, Hannah? We did. We so did. If you'd like to hear Hannah and I rowing. <laughs> I still can't quite believe what we put through, but hey. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you if you want to hear us argue, or when I say we, I mean Hannah, <laughs> um, then you might find the emotionally charged uh, episode to your liking. Anyway, um, back to Kravitz again. So would you like to hear a fun fact about Lenny Kravitz? Go on then. He um, and Jurassic 5 toured together in the late 90s. Linky link. Uh, well, yeah, because they were both played at the Good Life Cafe as well. Where it all started for Jurassic 5. Just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we're going to play, finally, a Lenny Kravitz tune. Uh, we're going to get into um, the Are You Gonna Go My Way album, which came out in 1993. So this one is Heaven Help. Remember this one? Uh, Not yet. You will. Oh, I wasn't a big Lenny fan at all. Yeah, but it was played around like you couldn't avoid it. I know the hits, but... Still no? No. Okay. Well, it was co-written by Terry Britton. Um, Terry uh, won a Grammy in the mid-80s for What's Love Got To Do With It? Which was made very famous, obviously, by our Tina, Tina Turner. Um, Gary DeVoe also um, had a hand in this track. Um, DeVoe also co-wrote Vanessa Parody track Be My Baby with Kravitz. Okay. So, I mean, there's one thing I learned about researching Lenny is that he he um, has friends for a really long time and he involves them in all his projects and they work together a lot. So he's not like, okay, I'm done with this era. Like, he's, he sticks loyal. with what he knows. Yeah, yeah, he's very yeah. loyal. Exactly, yeah. And... Actually, by all accounts, everyone says he's a, he's a really great guy. Um, really decent and... Um, You'd have to be there, to, to be there for, for Vanessa after she... That's very generous of him. Yeah, yeah. Cut contact for all those years. Um, I don't like this song. <laughs> <laughs> well, else, tell me uh, <laughs> how you really feel, Hannah. <laughs> well, I'll go back to Tina Turner for a moment okay. because... You know how we were talking about uh, air sax? <laughs> how I like yeah. to, you know, mime the instruments. Well, 
it made me think of, I was like, Tina Turner, what does that make me think of? Yes, her saxophone player. Was it Lenny? No. Oh. It's a guy called Tim Capello. Okay. And if you uh, go on YouTube and you watch any kind of uh, her on stage, you know, in these big stadiums and stuff, uh -huh. this is the guy who comes to the front and is like, yeah. and you know, forget Kenny G. This guy is built like I a tried brick shithouse. He's massive. <laughs> he's usually covered in baby oil. He's got long hair. <laughs> he's huge. I can't, you need to go and look. And like leather, skin tight trousers, you know. Anyway, and his name is Tim Capello. This track, now this is this is a good old test for your Gen Xer um, ears here. Where have you heard this song before? When when I tell you I'm air saxing, what I am doing is I am channeling Tim Capello from one of the very early scenes at the beginning of Lost Boys. Oh, okay. I was thinking when Dirty Dancing. Okay. Michael's in the crowd. And, and they're at the beach and there's big fires and there's a guy on stage and there's a band playing and it's Isn't this it song it's called right. I no Still Believe I it's so great and this guy is just it's hilarious here we go but who's singing? who's the Tim Capello here we go oh he sings as well as plays sax right yeah he like wields his saxophone like it's a weapon I see it's great and, uh, and and this is actually on the um, on the Lost Boys soundtrack as well. Probably not a soundtrack we'll be covering it. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's great. Just listening to that clip again was so enjoyable. That doesn't have a lot to do with Lenny Kravitz, I'll admit it, but I had to I had to put it in because it's so great. Anyway. I think what we're gonna do is just start, we're gonna play a tiny bit of it ain't over till it's over. Just cause I do, I do love it. It's yeah, great. It's okay. Um, and also because even though we played it in the last pod, I didn't really talk very much about it. So Lenny wrote it in a dark LA hotel room, wondering if he and Lisa could really make it work and figure it all out as they had done so many times before. Uh, but that he said he was in a really dark place, very depressed and not willing to accept the defeat of, of it all. But he said that he and Lisa were like male and female versions of, of one another. So every problem that they had was doubled. Right. And um, you definitely get the sense the relationship was stormy and tempestuous. Um, obviously we know Lisa because she was, uh, she played Denise Huxtable in The Cosbys. Yeah, I was gonna say The Huxtables for a second. The Cosby Show, not The Cosby Show. Um, there's another problematic yeah, 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 gentleman let's, there. Let's not go there, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who could have guessed that, you know, a Gen X or a 90s podcast could be such a minefield of sort of uh, legal um, uh, assault, battery and sexual assault cases. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. incredible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you told me back in the 90s, Bill Cosby, like America's dad. What? Wow. It's insane. Yeah. Jimmy Savile. <laughs> Jimmy Savile! I mean, although he should have known, really, looking back. He was all sorts of fucking mm. creepy. That is on, um, I haven't been able to watch it, but it's on Netflix, isn't it? The yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if I'm I know, I can't, myself I can't to, do it. Yeah. He's one of those people that you just don't even want to look directly at as well, you know? It's just something super creepy about him. I'm so glad my cousin, seriously, he just like, he wrote so many letters to Jimmy Savile. Never got thank fixed. God. Like, fuck, yeah. Ugh. Um, 
Anyway, yeah, um, we wrote to him asking, a friend and I wrote to him asking, um, asking him to come to our school and send one of our teachers back in time so that she would be like the schoolgirl. I can't remember exactly where we went with Did it. Did you think Jimmy had a magic wand? Or a time machine? Did you confuse him with a time lord? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you probably read that and was like, what the fuck is wrong with kids today? I don't know, but I'm sure Jamie wants to find out. Um, anyway, other tracks in Mama Said include, you know, Stand By My Woman and More Than Anything in This World. All about, you know, Lisa and there's Flowers for Zoe, which is obviously about his daughter. And I know it's it's not about one thing, but mm-hmm. you can see where he is in, in, his, in his life. And I yeah. think he's always incredibly autobiographical. And he takes everything very seriously as well, you know. It's all about, according to Lenny, you know, it's all about the love. Putting love back in the world. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it does seem like he may have, in the past, allegedly, uh, have a fidelity issue. Oh, not you too, Lenny. But he says he can track it back to his father, who had been unfaithful to his mother in, in the entirety of their marriage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lenny, you excuse. Come on. <laughs> oh, wait, it gets better. So when Lenny exposed his father to his mother in his early 20s, like, I don't know how he found out, but he found out that his dad was cheating, or maybe he saw him, I don't know. But anyway, he went to his mum and he said, look, this is, this is what's going on. And he discovered that his mum had known for years, and that she just kind of kept it from him. Because, I mean, it should have the opposite effect, shouldn't it? You know, like... I know. Daddy's been bad, let's not do the same thing. Well, I mean, I think he was in his early 20s at this point, so, you know... Um, he couldn't help it, he just couldn't keep his dick in his pants. Well then he, well, you know that Lenny can't. <laughs> the of course! Exploding trouser incident. Um, I should see that going. But, <laughs> but um, in fact he found out that she would find out where her husband was, which woman he was oh, yeah. sleeping with, and she would go, so I guess this is in Manhattan, she would go to the apartment building with little Lenny as a kid. And, and get the doorman to ring the apartment and say, could Mr. Kravitz come down, please, because his wife and child are in the lobby sort of thing. Like, yeah. go, bitch. That's... that's. But this happened on a regular basis, then? Apparently, it happened more than once, yeah. And that's how she sorted it out, and then they just didn't talk about it anymore, and it was like, you're coming home. End of. Um, so anyway, um, when Lenny confronted his dad about all of this... Um, and he was expecting like contrition or apologies and his dad just simply said you'll do it too oh, God. and he he felt this is the part you're gonna love Lenny felt his father had cursed him on that day oh pl- oh please it was all going so well until this point <laughs> I do yeah a convenient excuse sorry love but my dad hexed me so really you know I'm, actually it's not my fault I blocked it out again <laughs> Sorry, it's genetic. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly one of the more creative excuses I've heard. My dad hexed me. <laughs> um, speaking of Lenny's lovers, one was very bizarrely Nicole Kidman, which was a very, yeah, it was a strange one yeah, to get your head around. Together. I'd forgotten about this. Um, and, and then I was like, oh yeah, uh, that's bizarre. Apparently they were engaged. Really? Hmm. What went wrong there then? Um, well, they met because Lenny was Nicole's landlord in New York. Apparently Lenny has homes 
all over the world. So he's got an apartment in Paris, somewhere in New York, and he's got a house in uh, in LA, uh, somewhere in the Bahamas. I mean, just it's crazy. Nice. Like wherever he goes, he's got a little bolt. You want to feel at home wherever you are, yeah? Yeah, lucky old Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they met in sort of 2001, 2002-ish because he was renting to her. Um, and no one even knew about it. So he actually, I think he now lives in Miami. And he's lived there for quite a long time. Um, but it was Lenny's daughter, Zoe, who let the cat out of the bag. Because during press for Big Little Lies, which of course they're both in. Uh-huh. Which which has to be weird as well. Um she told the press that they had all three of them lived together when she was like a young teen um, and that Nicole would take her to the movies and was really nice to her. Oh, but it didn't last. No. Um, but that's, yeah, so it, it's, it's all a bit confusing, but Zoe used to live with her mum in California until she was 11. And apparently she, she didn't want people to know who she was, so she went by the name Zoe Moon. Okay. But I think everybody probably knew who she was anyway. I mean, Lisa, Lisa Bonet is pretty hard to miss, I would imagine. Uh-huh. And it's California, so everyone's going to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she um, <clears throat> she chose to go and live with her dad in Miami when she was 11. So actually, he brought her up for the second half of her childhood. Okay. Which is, I think, which is lovely. They're very close. They spend a lot of time together and they, um, they go to premieres together rather than to sort yeah, of take yeah. a partner and it's um, quite a decision it's cute like 11 wonder how mum felt about it uh, yeah well I guess she was remarried at that point isn't she's well she's not anymore is she but she was married to that big know. fella from um, you know the dragon show what's it called no I don't know yes you do <laughs> the dragon show yeah dragon's den no <laughs> the huge blockbuster show with all Dra- the dragons Godzilla. Dragons. No, it's like a six six series TV show Dungeons based on the George Martin books. Oh. oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember what it's called. And I can practically hear anyone listening to this screaming at me. Death and Dragons, not dinosaurs. No. Not, not Jurassic Park. Come on, again. dude, you know this. You <laughs> I do. don't watch dragon movies, I don't know. No, it's, it's got dragons in it. No, oh it's about... God. Game of Thrones. Oh, thank God. <laughs> You're oh. a massive Game of Thrones fan as well. No, I've never seen it. What? Uh, no. You're you joking. I've never seen it. I know it was going. What? Never it's, it's, this it's was ages ago. You could have bought well. the DVDs. Wow. What do you mean it's too much of a commitment? You oh, watch TV shows. Of them. It just goes on and on, doesn't it? Oh my God. You I have can't to watch have it. a series that long. Again. Especially the, the first. Well, anyway, there's this big fella in it and everyone was like <laughs> swooning. Jason Momoa. Oh, from Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, Lisa Bonet is married to him. Well, she was. They just got Amber Heard in Aquaman. Well, there's some big. I know they're all connected. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, (laughs) doing a pod about Lenny Kravitz is like 10% about Lenny and 90% about. Have you done a spidergram for this? I haven't, but (laughs) I should. I'm going to. Um, Yeah. So she's not actually. I think they're divorced, but they've got two kids, and I think they moved to Hawaii. So maybe that was what happened, and Zoe didn't want to do that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, who'd want to go live in Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when your dad's Lenny Kravitz, I don't know, maybe... You know what it's like when you're a teenager as well. You just I don't want to do like something different. When your dad's Lenny Kravitz, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know that feeling, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare. Um, but I think Zoe was born when Lisa was 20 as well. Like, they were really young. 
to even have a baby. Um, <laughs> Your point is? I just, you know, probably Lisa had her own kind of yeah. growing up to do and I'm sure it was horrible that your 11-year-old wants to move yeah. out of your house but um, who knows they seem very close now I always thought you know you've watched Big Little Lies there right no I haven't dude what no, is happening it. it's so good oh my god you should watch it it's brilliant okay. but um, they all uh, are kind of mothers and they intersect okay. in their lives they live in the gorgeous uh, Monterey area in California and it's stunning I mean just just watching it for the 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 views uh, I've never been there but I would love to because it looks incredible um but it's almost like Zoe's playing kind of a Lisa Bonet character in it and Lisa Bonet could have absolutely been in it it's kind of strange in fact she's so young I mean it that is a part of the character but I think you could have easily transplanted and used used her mum in it as well because she's just this very bohemian very cool kind of Stepmother. What, Zoe is in... in Zoe's in Big Little Lies. In the, is it a film it's or is a TV it a series? Show. Okay. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman is another woman oh, in, okay. the, in the show and they become... Oh, well, I don't know if you say friends, but they get to know each other. So, and okay. that must have been really strange for her. So, like, she's nearly your stepmom. Yeah. And then you don't see her at all. Yeah. And then suddenly you're back on the show together. But apparently they, they get on really well and they're very close these days as well. And actually, Zoe... Uh, sorry, Nicole and Vanessa and basically all of Lenny's ex. Lisa, he's really good friends with Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa. Like, he hangs out with him. He'll go to premieres with them. Nice. Like, tagging like, hey, you know, they must... He must be a very pleasant person because I would have thought he'd had a massive ego. And I'm not saying he doesn't. He... I mean, he probably does. He does. <laughs> but he seems to be able to get over himself. You know? In terms of being cool with everyone that's you know obviously either dumped him or, or moved on or for whatever reason anyway i just want to point out that so far in, in this research i hadn't even visited the shag tree <laughs> oh i didn't you got, need you to got? well it's just all out there it's not like damn did you you know he had a bit of kate moss as well just saying oh well it doesn't surprise me in between god <laughs> i don't know he and him and johnny you know <laughs> have a lot in common. Let's we'll just leave it there. Um, oh, not too much, though. Well, no. Anyway, yeah, let, yeah that is yeah, that is not that, proven. Yeah. So I didn't say they, they could be very similar. I don't know what I was alluding to. Anyway, good old Lenny. He's won four Grammys um, since nineteen eighty nine. He's put out a succession of albums that have certified gold to multi platinum and produced singles. Um, which we're going to talk... Well, we talked about it in a bit till it's over. Uh, Are You Going to Go My Way? We did mention, actually, his first album, Let Love Rule. He played all the instruments on it, so when it came time to tour, he had to assemble a yeah. whole crew, uh, just like Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, yeah. So which is what you did point out in the original yeah. pod, just to tell you. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, that's so true, well done, Hannah. I love that you... I just wondered if you were going to say it again, and <laughs> you did. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I still know it. I still know it. Um, <clears throat> he says, they were a reflection of my state of mind at that moment. So basically, um, hang on, what are a reflection of his state of mind? His songs. They're very what? much his kind Isn't of... Isn't everything? They're like these, yeah, but he, he sees them almost as, not babies, but you know. A piece of his history. His, yeah, absolutely. His diary entries. Yeah, yeah, like he's got, he's quite sort of, um, he's very spiritual, let's just say that from lots of different because I think he was brought up Jewish 
on his dad's side. But then there was um, some sort of like West Indian influence from his mother's side. It was obviously his parents. So his parents are, he's an interracial uh, parent couple. Uh-huh. Um, but, um, and that, that has a lot to do with like, he sees he sees his whole career as being very, you know, black and white this way or that way, you know, very divergent. And, yeah. Um, anyway, Lenny won the Grammy Award for Best Male Rock Vocal Performance four years in a row from 1999 to oh. 2002, which is pretty impressive. And it broke the record for the most wins in that category and set the win for the most consecutive wins in one category by a male. I think that's impressive, no? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to play a very, um, very well-known. Ah, is, yeah, pretty much anyone I do know. Are you going to go now? Are you serious, really? This is the only one that you're like... No, but this is the one that was played to death, and this is the one that put me off Lenny Kravitz. Really? Yeah, I got so bored of this. Oh, it's so good though. No one writes an intro like Lenny. Yeah, no, fact, it is. It's, it's great, but I just, yeah, just, I was not a Lenny Kravitz fan because it's just played too much. I mean, listen, this intro, let's just, just, always on the run from Mama Said. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking it's, sexy, it's, dude. It <laughs> just wasn't my bag. I can appreciate it, you know. I'm anyway, nostalgic about it. But. We're gonna go back to. I just. I think he's got a knack for the for the intro. It is he doesn't need intro. to do anything yet, but it's all just there. It just grabs you yeah. straight away. That's for me. That's one of his big talents. And he definitely. Yeah, I. I really like this album. I was strutting my stuff to this actually last uh, last Saturday. Went to a really cool funk and soul night down in town and it was so much fun. There was a lot of Lenny, there was a lot of down in town. Sugar Hill gags and vanilla ice, loads of stuff that we've talked about on the pod. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, I'm gonna drag you. You had down. me until vanilla ice. <laughs> You're the one that brought up vanilla <laughs> ice on this pod, I'll remind you. That was absolutely integral to whatever we were talking about <laughs> and nothing to do with my personal taste in the matter. And anyone that told you that I had that album in 1991 is a liar. Okay. Uh, Anyway, Lenny said of, are you going to go my way? I thought the subject matter was really interesting because it's coming from the mouth of Jesus Christ. Hang on, what is it? As I thought, are you going to go my way? Jesus Christ said that. That's how he he felt he was, that's what Jesus would say. Hang on, so he's comparing himself to Jesus? No, he said it's coming from the mouth of Jesus Christ, as I thought. So he's channeling Jesus? So he said, so basically, are you going to go my way? Meaning, my way of love. So he's preaching. Oh God, I'm confused. Am I confused? Or is that just a particular thing to say? I think he's thinking the message of Jesus Christ would be love, which is true. You know? Okay. And and then he's just like trying to like spread the love. Right. Through his music, which is his gift from Jesus, presumably, you know. I think that's the vibe here. Okay, I get what he's trying to say. I think it's a dick, I think so. <laughs> We're not in Michael Jackson, Brit territory. <laughs> well, it is quite I mean, what's like wrong that? with that message? That's a good message. Whatever. Think about what Motley Crue was singing about. I mean, come on now. I'm, 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 I'm going to stick with I, Lenny's I, I do not tend to think about what Motley Crue is singing about. If you're not with Lenny, you're with Motley Crue, that's it. <laughs> it's either or. Sorry. 
<laughs> anyway, if you remember the video, do you remember the video? No. Okay, it's like a revolving stage with his band on it. And with his uh, pointy, his triangular guitar. Well, you have a triangular guitar? Uh, possibly. Um, but you might recall, or someone listening might recall, because Hannah doesn't, and there was, it made a bit of a splash because um, the drummer was a lady. Oh, she had that. like awesome hair and she just looked fantastic. And uh, anyway, that drummer uh, is Cindy Blackman. So Cindy went on to tour with Lenny for a further 18 years after that. Oh, and wow. I said about yeah, 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 sticking with his mates. Um, it said that he hired her um, by hearing her play the drums on the phone, on a landline. She really? was in New York and he was in California. And he was like, get over here now. We're doing this. Cool. So uh, this isn't actually her drumming. He'd already recorded the track, but he was looking for a band, first of all, to do the video and then to tour you know, but worked out to yeah. tour with. So that's how that happened. Um, Cindy has been a touring drummer for Carlos Santana uh, for many years. And in 2010, Santana proposed to Cindy after a drum solo at a show in Illinois. She oh, said wow. yes. And they got married in Maui. So they got married. <laughs> Oh, later that oh, year. Dear. Oh dear. Oh, very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How proud were you of that? Well, I stole Did it you from think Sex about and the it City. Oh. <laughs> Aiden says it. <laughs> but yeah, love Aiden. Um, the video was directed by Mark Romanek, which I don't know if you remember. I, the name rings bells. Tell me why. He directed Fiona Apple's criminal video. Okay. When we talked about. Um, Fiona Apple in title. And he also directed Rubbish Old Madge's Bedtime Story and Rain videos. Which actually, I, I couldn't even think how those stories went, uh, the songs went when I, you know how usually you'll you'll be like, oh yeah, I know how that goes. Bedtime oh, that, stories. That whole era, like late, mid to soft, late 90s, yeah. I just don't. It wasn't my favourite Madge era either. But. She wasn't on my radar. And we talked actually about Madge First time we talked about Lenny because he wrote Justify My Love. And yeah, let's, let's talk about it some more, Lily. Well, <laughs> <laughs> always happy to talk about Madge. Well, I did miss something out because when I re-listened to what we'd said, um, I said that they co-wrote it. And I mean, I'm sure she had some sort of latter input, but actually he wrote it and he called her and was like, I've got your next massive hit. And she was like, no, you don't. And uh, presumably they had sex after that. <laughs> or was it Just Fire <laughs> Just Fire Love is one of my least favourite drama songs, I have to say. You did say that. Uh, you did. I was like, you're going to like this because it's got Madonna in it. And you were like, I hate this track. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, she was like, come over here and play it for me. But I think that's a bunch of bullshit. And he came over and, like I said, they probably shagged. And <laughs> so that got dragged, Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, it help it's genetic. Well, yeah. Actually, yeah. At this point, so I don't. I've lost track. I don't know where he is in terms of Wives in his girlfriend relationships. I think he's only been married that one time to Lisa Bonet. Okay. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Mark Romanek, who was also um, the director for Dave Bowie's videos for the singles "Black Tie White Noise" and "Jump," they say Dave from the album. Black Tie, White Noise, which also came out in 93. And that album, uh, Niall Rogers produced for Dave Bowie. Uh-huh. And incidentally, Niall is a really good friend of Lenny's going back years and years. 
Uh, Niall was also brought up in an interracial um, situation. Unfortunately, his parents were... Um, well, his stepfather and his mother were heroin addicts. Um, but he was Jewish and, um, and she was, um, I think originally from like sharecropping family in Georgia. Uh-huh. Um, so they had, you know, they, they kind of understood each other and, um, and Lenny was one of the performers who played at the rock and roll, rock and roll hall of fame when Niall was inducted, oh. uh, in 2017. So they go back a long, a long way. Cool. And incidentally, the single went to number four in the UK and number one in Australia, which is currently the most popular song he's ever had in Australia was Are You Gonna Get My Way? Would you like to know a fun fact about Lenny? Yeah, go on. He's only five foot seven. Oh, <laughs> so cute. gosh, I imagined him being really tall. I know, me too. I was really shocked about he that. He must have looked really silly next to Nicole Kidman then. Is she really tall? I've I think she's, she's probably, really tall. Well, she's probably not that tall, but she's wearing flats. And have you noticed, he does wear a little he print does. style heel boot. He does, so yes. I think they evened it out. If you look at pictures, they do look roughly the same height. Okay. So I reckon she's I probably wearing flats. I just imagined he was really tall. Yeah. Me too, but he's very serious about, you know, his health. He, you know, goes to the gym a lot, which I'll tell you about him in a minute but anyway we're going to move on to another track um i basically selected these tracks from um roughly from reading a, a rolling stone article which was um interviewing him and asking what were the most sort of pivotal tracks that he felt described his career uh-huh. and so he obviously had a little sound bitey thing to say about it and then i just kind of looked into it a bit more but so this is believe um and this is a song that represents uh, the way that he was raised um, as he explains, I was taught by my grandfather on my mother's side about belief. He taught me that anything my mind could see, I could achieve. It all starts with belief and faith. I was raised Christian and my father was Jewish, so I was in the middle of it all. So that song really represents where I come from and how I think. Okay. So this track is co-written by Craig Ross, who met Lenny in a pool by their, uh, well, courtesy of their Mutual friend Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's. Oh. The Go-Go's keep coming up a lot they as do. well, don't they? Um, anyway, he played all the guitars on... Um, this guy, Craig Ross, played all the guitars on Are You Gonna Go My Way? And he toured with Mama Said originally as well. Um, and Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's released Light Years, uh, an album in 2005, which features Lenny, Craig Ross, Ace Freely of Kiss, and Gilby Clark of Guns N' Roses. Wow, what a lineup! So you might remember that Slash and Lenny went to high school together, Beverly Hills High School. Yes, it's coming back. But what I didn't know, because they went on to, uh, he, so Slash co-wrote Always on the Run with Lenny for Mama Said. But I just presumed that they were like friends that time, you know, being musicians in California yeah. and stuff. But apparently not. Um, it was, so Lenny basically ran into Guns N' Roses at an award show backstage somewhere. and. And he kind of stopped because Axel was wearing a pin that was a Let Love Rule pin. Uh-huh. So, you know, he was like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> and they all were like, oh, yeah, we love we love the album, which is, you know, a little strange when you think yeah. about, like, I'm surprised to hear that they enjoyed that. But um, Slash was like, oh, do you know how, how, you know, your album's just got me so laid? <laughs> and Lenny was like, oh, that's cool, man, you know. Yeah, and it's then genetic. It's yeah. love. It's all love. <laughs> and, then, and then he was like looking at Slash and he was like, didn't we go to high school together? Oh, wow. like, oh my they, god. Gosh. And they really didn't know this. I don't know how. And that's when they decided to, to work together. Very fun fact. 
so talking about obviously him talking about his faith and his father being Jewish. So his father, Cy Kravitz, was an NBC executive and sometimes jazz promoter. And um, I wouldn't call it a fun fact, but uh, it is a fact that uh, Cy Kravitz's family were Ukrainian immigrants from Kiev. Oh. Topical topic. Anyway, this is this is lovely. No? Yes, yeah, nice. It's a good message. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Believe in yeah. yourself. Go ahead. <laughs> But I'm gonna move Jesus on. would approve. Lenny Kravitz would approve. Yeah. Jesus yeah. would approve. <gasps> new t-shirt is born, Hannah. A new t-shirt would. Yes. <laughs> or at least a pin, which I feel like Axl Rose would approve. Okay, I'm gonna move on to another of Lenny's uh, albums, which is Circus. And this track is from that. It's Rock and Roll is Dead. So this is from his '95 album. Another. Come on, let's just turn it up for a second. I'm going to make a compilation of all these kick-ass intro songs and then I'm going to play it when I'm in the car on my own <laughs> with the windows down. Really loud! Oh my god, that reminds oh, me. Yeah. This has nothing to do with Lady Crabs. I was um, at the junction the other day bringing my kids home from school and I, I heard this massive blast of music and I was like looking around for like a white van man or something you know what I mean with his arm out the window like all right all right love it's probably me coming the other way <laughs> it was a like a you know just middle crisis guy the uh, middle life middle life crisis guy right, you know, okay. he's in his um I don't know Mazda with the top down yeah what was he blasting out well, that was the best part. And also his teenage daughter was gone. She looked so ashamed. She was like looking away like, oh my God. Oh my God, can I guess? Was it Kenny G? It was better than that. Vanilla Ice. It was Bon Jovi, Dead or Alive. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so you didn't hear it and I was like, what dick is? And then I looked and, and I just burst out laughing because it was so funny because he was so like, almost nodding like, that's right, bitch. I'm fucking cool. <laughs> you know, I was just saying something the other day and it was like, why are why are a lot of like um, teenagers and like early twenty somethings really into the killers at the moment? And I can't remember what it was, podcast or something. But um, and then they they figured out that it was because what is the big killer song? What is the one that all the old men like in pubs? Um, oh, Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside, right? And it's on some TikTok videos. So oh. it's kind of yeah. They were saying it's kind of like that generation's. Uh, Bon Jovi's living on a prayer. Oh my god. Yeah. So that's they terrifying. shouldn't know it, but they do because of that. Yeah. So there's a renaissance happening and we didn't even know anything yeah. about it. Uh, well, Len reckons everybody gets him wrong on this tune and that people really slammed him for like, oh, Lenny thinks rock and roll's dead. Oh, is, is rock and roll too good for you, Lenny? And he was like, I was joking. And why are you taking me so seriously? I'm like, <laughs> maybe it's your attitude, Lenny. You are fairly a serious guy, you know what I mean? He doesn't seem like a jokester. But he's like, oh no, everyone's got me massively wrong. This is very tongue in cheek. You know, obviously it's not because listen to these guitars and it's so like, <laughs> and I believe that kick-ass intro um, was uh, lovingly borrowed from Led Zeppelin's Heartbreakers. So I'm just gonna. Can you hear it? Wait, 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 wait. It's the same. Yeah. You just sped it up Literally. a tiny bit. Yeah, you totally robbed him. I mean, there are worse people that rob from. Anyway. 
Actually, I'm not going to play the rest of that because that's pretty much what I have to say. <laughs> Views, rock and roll is dead. Is it dead, Hannah? And, and, and what killed it? Lenny killed it. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> With that tune? Or just prior to that? Yeah, I mean, it was fine. He's so mean to Lenny. <laughs> All he wants is love. What? Why can't you see? Okay. Then I'm going to jump to this track, which is Thinking of You. And this is from his album, Five. Can you guess why the album's called Five? Are you saying it's like five women all at once? No, it's more on the nose than that. He's <laughs> <laughs> got, got five releases on it. <laughs> It's his fifth album. Oh, oh, I see. Your mind is in a gutter. It's it's before midday as well. Like that's a bit lame. No, come on. Bit more imagination. He's not known for his good album titles. (laughs) (laughs) I think Mama said was the peak. Yeah. Everything else is named after a a song in the actual album or or whatever. Yeah. I love, I love, I, do, I have to say, I do enjoy when people really kind of think about their album. Really, titles. yeah, really put some piece of the history. Like, I feel like yeah. Pearl Jam does that Make very well. Yeah. Pearl oh, Jam yeah. puts themselves in a place in time because of that, you know. Yeah. Like, when a band has a working title as well, and they, yeah, like, I, I like those stories. I think it's fair to say Lenny doesn't have working titles. It's just like at the last minute, what should we call it? I don't know. What is this album? Five? <laughs> put it five. That's it. <laughs> I guess Adele does a pretty shit job. I was thinking exactly 18, of Adele. 20, yeah, yeah, 25. Yeah. I mean, how long is this going to be? To the point where, I was going to say, to the point where she doesn't want anyone to know how old she was. Uh, well, you know, that's a bit rude. Why are you asking me that? Counting Maybe that's the next one that's going to be called that. How dare you ask me that? Counting. <laughs> Never ask a lady. Uh, so, this is Thinking of You. Uh, Lenny says, I wrote this after my mum died. It was a really hard time. It was basically a song to her, just asking her how it was, where she is now, what it's like. Is it everything you would imagine it to be? It wasn't an easy song to write. It took a minute. And the chorus was just talking about how I'm doing my best. (laughs) Ah. It took a minute. No, it took a minute. It took a minute. This is how you deliver it. Efficient. Uh, The chorus was just talking about how I'm doing my best to make her happy and proud. Thinking of you and all the things you wanted me to be, and I'm trying. Um, It's just a beautiful tribute to my mother. Which is nice of himself to say. (laughs) It's a beautiful song that I wrote. It is very pretty. It's not my favourite or anything, but... um, Thinking of Adam Durrett (laughs) now. Yeah. Similar ego, similar hair. Oh, come on. Lenny's got the best hair ever. He could oh, yeah. win awards for that hair. It was better. Awesome. Um, anyway, Lenny's mum, Roxy Broker, was an actress who broke race barriers on TV by being part of an interracial couple, first interracial couple on American television on a predominantly black uh, cast show. So Roxy played the neighbour of the Jeffersons in The Jeffersons, which was a spin-off of All in the Family which is a very well-known show in America. We obviously didn't get it here, but uh, it ran from 75 to 85. Right. Um, but then I just wondered, you know, I thought that's pretty interesting. That's the first interracial couple on television. In 1975. 1975. 
Um, so I had a little a little look. Um, a UK TV featured an interracial couple as early as 1959. Really? Oh wow, that is surprising. In the Granada TV shows Hot Summer Night, and in, then again in 1962 in You and Your Small Corner, which uh, Small Corner, which were live television plays that they did back in those early days of TV. Um, and there was no fuss. Nobody put it in the papers, nobody was outraged, there was no picketing or anything. It was not, it was like a non-event, in fact, to the point where they thought the first time was in 1962 until they recently, this is only a few years ago, they were like, they just were digging through the archives and someone found it, they were like, oh no, no, that wasn't, it was, it was actually this one. So that was only a few years ago, it could well happen again. It was just a bit of a non-event, so it was, I, thought, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, anyway, fun fact about Roxy, she is the second cousin, sometimes removed, and no one seems to know exactly how really they're related. She's related to Al Roker, who is a TV personality and weatherman on US TV. But I then saw an interview and, and, and they were like, how do you feel about that, Al? Because he's a bit older, and he said, well, I, I didn't even know that. And I have no idea how close the relation is, but I'll take it because it makes him way cool. cooler. <laughs> um, uh, album five also spawned. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna slam Lenny a little bit in this one, so I think you're gonna enjoy this a bit more. This one. Remember this one? I mean, I I don't see how you could have missed this one. This is Fly Away. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh my god, this was everywhere. So I looked it up, apparently it was a Peugeot advert. Yes, I do remember the advert. Do you remember yeah. it was always at the beginning of the Odeon? You know when you went to watch a movie? Oh, I don't remember that. And it was all, I actually associated this song with going to the movies in the 90s because... Yeah. <laughs> and it did get to the point, but it's the rhyming. 90s car adverts in general were like... There were loads of them, weren't there? But the lyrics in this are just fucking terrible. I mean, but did he write? He didn't write it specifically for the advert. No, 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 no. They just took it. Um, I mean, you know, it's got that Lenny vibe and everything, and it's very promising how it starts. But then, you know, it quickly goes Why to shit. Lyrically, is Lenny does Dr. Seuss basically. Uh, he rhymes bees with trees. <laughs> please. <laughs> High with sky and fly and then dragonfly, which technically you can't even do because you already said it. I know it's just quite the rules. Uh, you can't yeah. rhyme fly with dragonfly. No, you can't struggle. <laughs> it's, it's lazy Lenny. I'm quite provoked by the shit lyrics, to be honest. I do not like them. It just always annoyed me. It's like the lyrics are ruining a good tune. I've never it's thought a great about lyrics, tune. I guess. Flog the dead horse of a flying metaphor, why don't you, Lenny? Is that a metaphor within a metaphor? Anyway, I needed to see if anyone else hates this song as much as me, and of course they did, <laughs> which is very gratifying. Uh, Tom on FreakyTrigger.com, which I do recommend, is very funny. What is it? Uh, he just reviews stuff and goes back. You know, I think he's younger, so he's listening to stuff for the first time and being like. Um, he said after very many many funny things, but he said after a bit it strikes me. This circular trudge is a shoegaze record with the effects turned off. A hashtag no filters snapshot of a ride song. And who needs that? Oh my god, I <laughs> never ever would have compared Lenny Kravitz to ride. What? Okay. Oh god. Anyway, it's another one with a banging intro, so I'll give it that for that reason. Alright. Enough of that one. 
Alright, this is Bank Robber Man. There's a bit of a cheat because this is from his album. Lenny. Oh, please. <laughs> from 2001, but it's such a good story. Why is it called actually. Lenny? <laughs> it's an interesting story, actually. I'm glad you asked. Um, so this, is, this song is a true story. You can hear the sirens. It's what happened when Len was on his way to the gym with his trainer in Miami when a nearby Bank of America got robbed. Oh, wow. Exciting. Innocent Lenny was detained and cuffed by the filth oh, and the canine unit. Oh, my God. Because he was a black man with an afro in a black t-shirt and khaki shorts. The exact description oh, of the suspect. Yeah. Uh, Lenny felt that it could have been racial profiling, although I'm not sure you can argue that if you were wearing the exact outfit with the exact same look, but, you know. But did they find the actual robber? Was I don't very, know, but he was very angry about it. Well, um, you would be. He went straight to the studio. I guess he didn't go to the gym that day. He went straight to the studio to record this because he was so furious. Uh, it, it's a bit on the nose, but it does what it says on the tin. This track is Bank Robber Man. Yeah. Uh, he was finally let go when the only witness, who was an elderly woman, verified that he was not the bank robber uh, by driving by in a car while he was standing there handcuffed. Um, <laughs> Uh, he was not the bank robber, but in fact, a Grammy award-winning knob flasher. <laughs> Leonard, Albert, Louis, Jean, Etienne, Montfort, Kravitz. That is his full Blimey. name. This doesn't sound angry enough. If that had just happened to you, like, he's not livid enough. Well, maybe he just made lemonade out of the lemons, you know what I mean? I'm sorry, those sirens are... I'm my head in there. Like I said, he's a bit on the nose. Bank robber man with oh, the sirens. dear. Uh, anyway, speaking of hashtag penisgate, which was what Lenny ended up calling it. Hashtag penisgate. So you can look that up on Twitter. I'm just saying it is a bit annoying, isn't it? <laughs> um, Lenny, uh, well, we talked about the penisgate, oh, obviously. His, these lyrics are terrible as well. <laughs> can, yeah, sometimes. Can you tell me what's going on? Can you tell me what I did wrong? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, we won't. Well, they obviously did. I don't know that he was detained for uh, that long, but obviously pretty embarrassing and humiliating as well. Do you know who I am? I don't need to rob any banks. Anyway, I'm trying to talk to you about penis game. Sorry, go on then. Back to your penis. So, well, not mine. Leonard's. Um, yeah, so we remember, I think he was in Stockholm and his trousers exploded off him. <laughs> Which is so great. And he didn't realise for a while. And you know how he likes to stand with the stance, you know, the wide stance. And, yeah. And yeah. he's right at the front. <laughs> These poor Swedish women are like. <laughs> uh, oh, it's the Chippendales. Yeah. Um, so it obviously made its way to Twitter and, and the hashtag Penisgate, courtesy of Lenny was born. Um, he, he then, he re so basically what he did is he posted a, a screenshot of his phone from a text message that he got from um, Steven Tyler <laughs> after the news broke and it said, dude, no underwear and pierced, fuck me, you never showed me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Steven Tyler, he's so funny, but um, Steven is a victim of many a cruel meme, I don't know if you've seen this uh, no, on the so. internet, but... You know, he's got like the, uh, you know, he's got the hair with the, yeah, he's yeah. got like this, the white bits at the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah. But he very often, like he'll put it up, like in a bun or something. And he has got that very, you know, angular kind of face. And uh, so basically they just, you know, dude looks like a lady all over. Okay, but, but not yeah, a lady, yeah. but like a grandma. <laughs> oh. And it, I know, but it's, it's actually very funny. Um, there's some brilliant memes, but some I of the captions, it, it's very funny when you see the pictures, but some of the captions are, 
Steven Tyler looks like that lady who's lived in the neighborhood for 60 years and knows everyone's birthday. <laughs> and Steven Tyler looks like that mum that didn't care if you drank so long as no one drove. <laughs> or my favorite, simply a picture of Steven and the caption, Aero Milf. <laughs> oh, looking. And uh, a fun fact Aerosmith were also on the Lost Boys soundtrack. Twice, actually, with Walk This Way, which was their tune, and then again with Walk This Way with Run DMC. Ah, uh, cool, yeah. Anyway, that concludes. Go check out some Steven Tyler um, memes. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just filling his up now. I can't talk. <laughs> um, for now, anyway, that's going to conclude this chapter of Lenny Kravitz's life, uh, a.k.a. Catwoman's dad. What? That's what people are calling him now. Hang on, who? Oh, Lenny Kravitz. That guy is Catwoman's dad, Lenny Kravitz. Because Zoe is... Is she Catwoman? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's the way it goes, Len. One day you're the smoke show, and the next day you're just someone's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That was illuminating, Lily. Peace and love. <laughs> and live like, you know, what would Jesus do and all the rest of it. And channel Lenny into everything you do. <laughs> So, um, you can check us out on social media. We are Sideshows Meogenics Podcast um, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. We, we are? are at, no, I'm <laughs> confusing myself. We are SemiGXP on Twitter. Uh, or on Facebook, you can leave us a review. Please do. Um, Only if it's nice, though. Oh, no, I Please, choose, thank you. Um, yeah, I think you can leave some ratings on Spotify uh, as well now. And... Uh, yeah, if, uh, if you'd like us to consider something that you would like us to talk about, then let us know. We are all ears. Send us your suggestions. You can email us at societyasmeogenicspodcast.gmail.com. Yeah, we might even do it. We might. All right. Thanks Ta-ra. for listening. Bye.